Josh, what's going on, my pal? Thanks for coming on. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Listen, thank you for giving me the next four hours of your life because we're talking about my three favorite things, Kentucky basketball, traveling, and the Knicks. So thank you for all your time today. Hey, man, that's the best things to talk about right there. Well, good morning or good evening? Where is it? What time is it over there? Uh, it's, it's good evening. It is Right now it is 9.41 p.m. The important thing is I can retire from my real job in 19 months, and I'm going to also move to Asia. I'm going to move to the Philippines. My wife's Filipina. Do you speak the language? I am in the process of learning. Um, it's a very difficult language to learn. Uh, if you can think about Yoda talking from Star uh, from Star Wars, that's kind of how their sentence structure is over here. So it's a little difficult to wrap your mind around that. Well, my question is because I'm trying to learn Tagalog. So how are you learning Japanese? Are you taking classes or are you just trying to immerse yourself? A uh, little bit of both. Uh, right now I'm currently having a tutor uh, two days a week minimum. So uh, that's been helping, but also trying to talk to my Japanese teammates as much as I can, which is it's it's difficult, but it, I'm getting there. You know what? It's the complete opposite. I'm a Yankee fan. So when you see like Matsui and the other Japanese pitchers, so you're the opposite yeah. guy over there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have a translator with you with the team? Oh, uh, yeah, we have a we have a English speaking translator manager. Uh, a couple of those. Our assistant coach also as well speaks Japanese and, and English Our strength our strength coach and our trainer on this team both speak japanese and english so uh, we got a lot of guys that can help out i'm an obsessive traveler been all over the world japan blew me away from the food the people the safety the cleanliness when you got there what like really like uh, engrossed you in that country uh man pretty much same thing you're saying uh their culture as a whole is just amazing over here. I mean, anywhere you go, it's like it's it's spotless. There's no trash cans to be found, <laughs> but there's no trash on the ground. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's the safest place I've ever seen. Like I tell people, like they don't understand that. Like, like for instance, last night at six seven o'clock at night, there's a he the boy had to be about seven, and his little sister is probably four, and they're just walking in the streets like by themselves, walking home. I don't even know how far their home was, but it's like. I mean, you don't see that anywhere else in any other culture because your kids will not be there then in the morning when you wake up. It's it's crazy. It's just the safest place I've ever been to. I always tell the story when people ask me about Japan. I was there with my two friends. We're drinking on the train, and my friend leaves his phone on the train. I'm like, all right, dude, take the L. The next morning, we go to a police station. I'm like, hey, we got to make a report. We had the Wi-Fi card. We lost the phone. And the guy's like, "What is it? was it a gray phone? Someone turned it in. Dude, they turn the phone in, turn the phone off to, uh, to save the battery. I'm like, in New York, if your phone's out in your hand, they're taking it from you. This, you left a phone on the train, and they turned it in for you. Yeah, this is uh, – I have a similar story. I was <laughs> I was actually coming back from the military base. I went shopping, you know, did some American groceries, kind of get a feel for home being over here for so long. And uh, I had a suitcase and a backpack, and I actually left my backpack on the train. And the last stop was like two hours from where I left my backpack. So by the time they got, and I, I had frozen goods in the backpack. So, you know, I, I'm kind of how you were. Like, I'm going to take the L on the frozen food, you know, whatever. It's not going to be good. These They put my whole backpack in the freezer. <laughs> so my frozen food was good, and I got it the next day. The frozen food was still, pr- you know, pretty much frozen, I could, and I could actually got to eat it. I was like, <laughs> dude, no other country. It's gone. Like, it's gone. I love having athletes on my show, and especially Kentucky guys. And it's always, let's talk about the Lex. Let's talk about the league. But you're like on a completely different level with the Knicks, Japan. But first of all, you're like this ultimate family guy now. So tell me what it's like. Ariana, the daughter, you're always posting pictures of her, being a dad now. How is it, man? Because it seems like you really love the family life. Oh, man. I've, I've, I've loved kids as long as I can remember, man. And uh, 
I couldn't wait to be a dad. Uh, you know, I wanted to be I wanted to be a young dad. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I'm in my you know 40s, 50s, that I can actually interact and and do all this fun stuff with my kids without being an old man. You know, kind of how I grew up with my parents. Yeah, and, yeah. I actually just I just had a son uh, in August. I haven't met him yet though because I was in Japan. So oh. I haven't been able to meet him yet. But he'll be here in the next three weeks with my wife and daughter. So I'm very excited about that. But uh. Yeah, man. Uh, being a father is just, you know, it's the best thing ever. And uh, watching my kids grow, my daughter's seven now, which is crazy to think. But uh, man, it's just, it's just, a, it's an amazing journey to watch them grow. Congratulations, man, on being a, a guy dad. Now, you, you excited yeah. about that now, having a son? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to have a son. Uh, he's already, he's already off the charts and everything. As long, my daughter's the same. She's off yeah. the charts and everything as well. So. Uh, I don't know. I might be breeding some behemoths over here. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. You're 6'10", almost 7 feet. You tatted up, look like an intimidating dude. What's something that Ariana makes you do that you know looks ridiculous, but you don't care because it's your daughter? Oh, man. I, I, man, well, she wants to play Barbies with her, man. She, <laughs> she always wants to paint my fingernails, but I tell her no. But, uh, but I mean, any, if she wanted me to dress up, I'd dress up with her. Anything she wanted me to do, I'd do it. But, you know, luckily being this big, I get the, I get the pass about the dress up because there's nothing that fits me. So, you know, I, I get those passes. So I don't have to do all that stuff that other dads do. But, man, whatever she asked me to do, I would do it. Grew up in Missouri. Is it weird wing, uh, raising a family in Japan, like a bigger city? Is that weird for you, shell shock? Uh, no, nah, not so much. Um, you know, like, like, I guess I got all the shell shock out early when I went to the NBA, you know, man, going from New York to Miami and just being in those huge cities, got that shell shock out of the way. But, uh, yeah, but being over here, man, I'm in Tokyo, near Tokyo this year. So, uh, you know, it's a great city to be in and I'm, you know, I'm very lucky to be over here. Are you enjoying the ride? Like St. Charles, Missouri, do you ever just pinch yourself and be like, I'm playing professional basketball in Japan. Like this is wild. Oh, it's, it's, it's very wild. Like you said, man, the ride has been unbelievable. Um, and that if you would ask me this when I was start playing basketball at 15 years old, if I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I would have looked at you and thought you were crazy. Like, what? Playing basketball? <laughs> I, I can't even play now. How would I ever play professionally, you know? And then, uh, you know, I've just been very blessed. You know, I work hard and it's it's paid off. Most famous person from St. Charles, Missouri is? Josh Harrelson. Is it? Because I, I looked up, Lou Brock is from there and so is Randy Orton, the wrestler. So I was going to pick one of you three. They're, are they from St. Charles, though? Like, Oh, it, that's from Wikipedia. So I don't know. Is that true? I don't know. I, I think I, I I have heard that Lou Brock is from the area. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might have to look that one up. Well, if if, if, if Lou Brock for sure, then. Hey, I I read that you're a big Cardinals fan. You grew up a big baseball guy. Uh, yeah, actually, baseball is the only sport I played growing up until high school. Uh, I played baseball all the way through when I was a kid to eighth grade, and uh, I loved baseball. You know, I got to meet some great players, like some of the great Cardinal players. Uh, and uh, I did grow up a Cardinals fan. You know, that's back when. You know, well, they still are a pretty good team, but, uh, you know, they got a great a great history and a great dynasty. And great fans. They have the classiest, oh, great, yeah. loyal fans. Like I said, I'm a Yankees fan. We're obnoxious. They, we can win 16 <laughs> in a row. They lose a 2-1 game in the ninth inning. We're like, fire the manager. The Cardinal fans are loyal. When you go to Bush, when you go to Bush, they're like, oh, bro, we love having new fans here. Like, what great fan base, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is a great fan base. Uh, I know, I know they were. I know the St. Louis fan base is pretty sad when the Rams left, but uh, oh. you know we still got the Blues and the Cardinals, which are two really successful organizations. So, who, who was your guy growing up? Who was your favorite Cardinal player? Early in my early in my childhood, I, I love Fernando Tatis. Okay. Uh, just just his, you know, how he carried himself, how confident he was. 
And then as I got older, it was Pujols, uh, you know, because I played first base and he played first base and I was a good hitter and he was a heavy hitter, you know, like, and just watching him swing that bat and, man, just crush balls was amazing. But I, I also love Mark McGuire, too. Mark McGuire was <laughs> – he was the man. So you love the big home run hitters. That's who you like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to love the sluggers, man. Come on, man. We're big guys. I got to love the ones that are going up there and just crushing the ball. <laughs> Your story's been told so many times. You didn't play organized basketball till high school. But did you play pickup? Like, they make it seem like you never touched a basketball until you got to high school. Were you a pickup basketball player or not really? I mean, I guess if you call pickup in my front yard on, like, an <laughs> eight-foot, eight, eight four-inch rim, then I guess you can call that pickup. You know, like we we would – the bus stop was literally right at my driveway. So, like, my friends, would, we'd all come in the morning and just, like, play, like, on an eight-foot, four-inch rim. I guess if you want to call that pickup. But – yeah, that's a, that's pretty much it until uh, high school. Were you a fan of the game, though? Big basketball fan or not really? I didn't know nothing about basketball. I didn't know who played basketball. I didn't wow. know nothing about, like, the great players that played basketball. I didn't know anything about basketball. See, and here's what bothers me about a guy like you. I loved basketball growing up, and I peaked in eighth grade. Eighth grade, I had, like, 18 points. I peaked. And then you get a guy like you who started in high school. Did you ever even imagine of going – Anywhere, even getting a scholarship or even playing high school basketball? No, not when I first started. No way. Uh, I mean, to be, the honest to God truth, the only reason I made the team is because I was six foot four <laughs> as a freshman and I was probably 230 pounds. You, you know, you, they're not made like that just no, walking no. around. So that's literally the only reason I made the team. And I mean, you can you can call my best friends that were all on the same team with me and they'll tell you the same thing, that I was the worst basketball player they've ever seen in their life. I love – I know the story, but listen, everyone listening, I know it's been told again. You commit to Western Illinois. Why didn't you go there? What was the reason why? Because like you said, you weren't a high school player and you got a ride coming out of high school, yeah. which is like fascinating. Uh, I, I mean, I remember I took the visit before my senior year and my high school basketball coach told me one thing. He said, do not commit. <laughs> I'm 17 years old. I'm, I, you know, I grew up with nothing, uh, you know, and, and for somebody to sit me down, an adult to sit me down in the room by myself at 17 and say, hey, you know, like you got a full ride here. This is what you got. You know, education paid for. And I'm like, man, I've never had anything like free education, free school. I was like, yeah, I'll come, you know, like <laughs> verbal agreement. Then I ended up signing a letter of intent. And then I had a really good senior year. And I played against, like, Alex Tice who went to Florida. Mm -hmm. I played against a couple other guys in the same St. Louis area that were going to bigger schools. And I'm like, why am I going to Western Illinois when I'm just as good, if not better, than these guys? And I'm getting better than these guys every single day. Like, these guys have been playing basketball forever. I just started. I'm getting better. Like, why not go somewhere else where I feel like I would suit more? So, and there was a lot of rumors about the, the coach was going to get fired and – so I was like, I don't even want to take my chance. Go there for one year. The coach gets fired, and who knows what's going to happen, mm -hmm. you know. So I decided to I decided to decommit. And then why'd you go? Why not write to the like a, a bigger college? Uh, they they wouldn't release me. I was I guess in a way I was the I was his golden ticket, you know, because he 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 had a couple of bad years, the two years before that, and he knew what kind of player that I could be, and I didn't know, you know. He saw what I didn't see, and uh, so. When I when I committed, you know, he's like, man, I, in his head, he's like, I won the lottery, you know, because I got a guy that can play at the top level, but he's coming here, and I think he, I think he, you know, I was gonna turn their their season around and help them mm -hmm. win games, and when I decided to decommit, you know, kind of rubbed the wrong way, which I understand, you know, like you were banking on somebody coming, and I, I, you know, I understand 100, mm -hmm. so I couldn't get out my letter of intent, and then. 
the next year the coach did get fired and AD ended up letting me go that next year so I can go to a bigger school. And what was it about Kentucky? Because Kentucky, you're going, like I said, from Western Illinois to the echelon. It's Duke, Kentucky, UCLA. Yeah. Why Kentucky? Was it just tradition or what sold you on it? Uh, man, it was, uh, I mean, Coach Gillespie was a great recruiter. Um, you know, like, man, they would come to, they would come see me like once a week. Uh, you know, they, they would, uh, you know, they would come see my mom. Like, you know, like they were literally like recruiting me hardcore. And then once my name got out that Kentucky was recruiting me, man, the fan base just sucked me in. Um, man, it was unbelievable, man. Like, you know, Facebook and, and I don't even know if Twitter was out back then that far that long ago, but I know Facebook wasn't. Man, just the message request on Facebook and so many people like come to Kentucky, come to Kentucky, adding you as a friend. It was just like the the outpour of love was unbelievable. Coach Gillespie's name got dragged through mud, and I don't play that. Like, what is in the past, the past. But what positives came out of playing for him? Oh uh, man, just when they when he talks about mental toughness, he does make his players <laughs> mentally tough. I will give him that. Like. Uh, I wouldn't be where I am at today without playing for him one year. Uh, you know, he, he made me mentally tough. And after playing for him, like, I just felt like I could do anything. I can accomplish anything after playing for him. I mean, he was, he was a great X's and O coach. He just wasn't a, he wasn't a good teacher. Okay. And you know, that, and that's, that was the only difference. He just, he just presented himself the wrong way. And, and when you're on that, when you're on that much of a pedestal at Kentucky, like you just got to watch all your P's and Q's, you know, and then, and it, I just don't think, you know, that job is not for every coach in the world. Coach Cal is, you know, he embraces that. He he loves that. And he can sell coal to a coal miner. You know, <laughs> it's like that dude is just unbelievable for the job. Ninety nine percent of kids, Western Illinois, Juco, Kentucky. Now Coach Cal comes in and he's bringing Wall, Cousins, Bledsoe, John Hood. He's bringing all these dudes in. Are you like, you got to be kidding me? I know it's good for the team. But obviously, listen, we were young kids. We're 18. Are you like, oh, crap, this can be. It's going to be good because Coach Cal's here, but it could be frustrating. You knew your playing time was going to get cut down. Oh uh, yeah, it was. It was like you said, it was frustrating. It was really nerve wracking too because I didn't know who he was keeping. Uh, you know, I wasn't one of the guys he recruited. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think when Coach Cal came, we still had like we still had probably eight or nine guys on scholarship, plus all the guys he were bringing in. You know, so like. I didn't know who he's keeping, you know, nobody knew. And mm -hmm. I think at the time we had like eight walk-ons, you know, like obviously the walk-ons, they were the first ones gone because, mm -hmm. you know, Coach Kyle is his own people. But, uh, you know, as far as players on scholarship, I didn't know who he was keeping. You know, I'm, I'm looking at other schools. Like I wanted to stay in the Kentucky area. I'm like, man, where am I going? Eastern, Western? Like where am I going? You know, like I didn't know what was going to happen. Hey, m mentally, because now, again, the NBA is not in your dreams right now. You're a sophomore. You're probably not thinking NBA or professional Mentally, how are you dealing with, okay, all these other five-star recruits are coming in. How do you mentally do it and physically just continue to keep, stay in shape with that? Uh, you just, you know, obviously you're in Kentucky for a reason. Somebody mm -hmm. saw something in you to, to – that's why you're there at that level. Uh, you know, you might not have seen it yet. You might not even know what they saw, but it's in there somewhere. You just got to find it eventually. And, uh, you know, and, and playing against those guys every single day is what helped me get to that point to be – when I was my senior year, you know, I've, I played against the best players in the world for two years straight, you know, like going into games, it was like, this dude's not the market. <laughs> this, this dude's not in his cancer. You know, like this is easy for me. You know, and that was my mentality at that point, battling these guys every single day. Let me ask you the truth. As a player, you knew you weren't coming out early. You weren't leaving sophomore year. Are you checking online? Like who's Cal? Oh, great. Cal's bringing in Brandon Knight and Cantor now. Like, are you guys like, holy crap, who's he keep bringing in? Uh, I, I knew he was going to bring the best players in, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. year. So, uh, 
I knew it was going to be competition every year. And, uh, you know, I was just hoping to get my foot in the door a little bit to, you know, get a little bit of playing time, get a little bit of exposure, a little bit of tape so I can, you know, I, I, I always knew I'd be overseas. I never thought that I would be overseas three years after college, you know, but I always knew I'd probably play somewhere overseas. You know, I didn't I didn't think I'd be this successful, but, you know, it's it's been great. I remember watching number 55, like, oh, that good guy's coming in. He's fun to watch. He's energetic. But you came on everyone's radar against that famous game against that little town who wears red across the across <laughs> the way, like 17, 10, and 3. Let me ask you a question about that. Fans are obsessed with the rivalries because they grew up with it. Since you're two years old, you hate Louisville. Louisville hates Lexington, blah, blah, blah. As, as a player, you don't obviously feel the passion of it, but you like from seeing the fans getting so pumped up over it, does that like drive you guys too? It, it does. Uh, you know, not so much like my first year because, you know, you didn't really feel the, the rivalry. But as the years you go on, being wearing Kentucky blue, you definitely get that. So, like, that was my third year, you know. And then uh, it was the first year in the Yum Center. And, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of talk and how good they are. And, you know, so it's just like – and then all the fans, you know, like you said, man, the fans build up that rivalry. And Coach Kyle, he builds it up too. So, uh, you know, going in that going in that game that year, uh, you know, we knew we had uh, we had to make a statement. And uh, man, I just had one heck of a game. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. Does it still blow your mind that Final Four run? You guys beat Ohio State. Does it blow your mind that every time come March, your name's brought up? They're showing the highlights. Like you're still like a folklore legend in Lexington because of that run. Like that one run you guys had was magical, and like your name's forever like golden down there. Yeah, like like you just said, like every every year in March, man, I get just get <laughs> tweets and tweets about you know on this day and big big George did this and you know it's 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 just crazy. Like you said, I mean that run we went to the Final Four is the first time we went to the Final Four, uh, you know, and and I, what was they said like 15 years or something, 20 it was it was something, and you know Kentucky's known for going to the Final Fours championships, so. Uh, for having that long of a drought uh, and finally getting back to that that peak and that stage uh, was a huge moment. And uh, for, for me to be a part of that was just, uh, man, it was crazy. It was such a ride. I didn't even want to bring up the play when you lightly lobbed the ball <laughs> of Jared Selger. But I'll tell you, I'm in New Orleans with all my boys. And I'm watching the game to bar like Kentucky's my life. So I'm screaming and yelling. And you throw the ball off them. And I'm like flexing. I'm like, what? Well, bring it. And they're like three Ohio State fans that want. I'm like, bring Because now I'm pumped up because you just threw the ball. Yeah. I'm like, if Josh can do it, I can fight everybody. The whole bar wanted to kick my ass. Thank God my friends are pretty big. I didn't want to bring it up. But that, how many times has that play brought up to you guys? To you? Oh, man. If you ask any Kentucky fan, that's their favorite play. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was it was a big play. You know, it was kind of, it was kind of that that stomp your foot on the ground like we're not backing down mm-hmm. we might be you might think we're the underdogs but we're not you know it's like you know there was so much hype he's the number one pick he's the best player in the country and I'm like man I'm, I'm going against Ennis character this dude's the best player in the country like come on now like I got Terrence Jones on my team like this dude's the best player in the country what are you guys talking about and so like going in that game it was kind of a statement game and like you know like no we we're a better team and we're going to prove it Ever think of what Jorts, because you just brought it up, would ever do with name, image, like, likeness now? Like, you'd be crushing it down there, wouldn't you? I, I agree 100%. I wish that was back then, man. I would have been – I've been driving a Cadillac Escalator somewhere around campus. <laughs> <laughs> when in your time at Kentucky do you start looking at mock drafts? Uh, it was probably after the new year when SEC play started. After that, I had that big game against Louisville. You know, I started uh, – I kind of, I guess I kind of turned it up a notch and I started, you know, playing better basketball. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people are like, he might go late first round, early second round. So I was like, drafted, what? 
Who me? What are you talking about? So you know, I just I just kind of rode those waves. I love draft day stories. So tell me yours. Where were you, and how do you get the call? Uh, I was actually I was in St. Charles, Missouri, and uh, we were at uh, I don't is the Moose Lodge. Is that like a is that like a famous place all over? I, I think I've heard of other mooses. It's kind of like a VFW type. Place, okay, okay, you know? okay. Yeah. So uh, we rented out the upstairs in the Moose Lodge, and man, there was probably I probably had like sixty or seventy people. And it was mostly my family. My mom is one of 15. So, you know, it's mostly my family, my my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, and, you know, a bunch of my close friends, people from Kentucky drove up. Uh, so, you know, I had like 60, 70 people and, you know, we were all just in there partying, you know, like we were like, we knew there might be a chance, nothing for sure. And then uh, I remember there was a, there was a commercial break and then my agent called me and I'm like, all right, what's up? You know, blah, blah. he's like, he's like, are you watching? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're about to get drafted. And I was like, what? And on there was a ticker on the bottom, and it said Josh Harrelson drafted by New Orleans. So before they even called my name, somebody read it. was like, you've been drafted. Wow. So the whole place goes crazy. <laughs> 60, 70 people just start celebrating. And then the commercial comes back, and then they say, you've been drafted by uh, New Orleans. And, man, it was just uh, it was just surreal. And how long until you got traded to the Knicks? Was it like minutes, uh, hour? Oh, yeah, it was, it was instantly. So it was like, you know, whatever. I got drafted in there. He came back on. I was like, you know, I got traded to the Knicks for cash consideration. So. First dumb purchase you made. What's one purchase you made? You're like, why did I purchase that? Man, I'm still making those. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, to be honest, I I don't know if I really made a dumb purchase my rookie year. Uh, You know, being on a rookie salary, (laughs) prorated in New York. (laughs) It wasn't easy living my first year, but uh, trying to think what I spent. Just like, just a lot of uh, dumb purchase. I don't know, man. I got I, a few years, about I don't know, about five, six years ago, I got back into Pokemon card collecting. So uh, I spent, you know, I, I spent a few too many thousands on that. But uh, <laughs> I've lived here my whole life. I lived in the city. Where did you live in the city when you played here? Uh, we we actually lived in White in White Plains, up where okay. the practice facility is. So that's where we all lived and stayed and had to make that commute to the games. Did you guys party in the city a lot afterwards? Uh, we. Every once in a while, um, you know, especially because that that year, that season was so crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we played back to back to back, day off, back to back. It was it was such a crazy season my first year with so many games. So uh, when we had a chance, we we, we like to enjoy ourselves. You really came out. Cause I remember after you come on, D'Antoni's like, listen, he stretches the floor. He does this. And I'm like, well, I'm probably the only dude in New York who watches every second of a Kentucky game. He's not that athletic, dude. You proved me wrong. You know, you didn't really get to show your athleticism fully in Kentucky. So he sort he recognized you right away, didn't he? Yeah, it, which is crazy because like, so I had, I think I did twelve or thirteen NBA workouts, and none of these teams knew I could shoot, and I could always shoot the ball. I just never really had to at Kentucky because we always get good players. So, <laughs> uh, man, I mean, I remember when I was in Sacramento. I beat Jimmer Fredette in a shooting contest and people can't believe it. You know, it's like, who is this guy? And then New York was one of my best workouts I had. I, I absolutely killed that workout. I think it was me, Vujicic, uh, and there was two other guards and, and two point guards. And, you know, and I was going against Vujicic the whole time. And, you know, and I was just playing against him and going, you know, head to head. And I had a real, probably one of the best workouts I had was in New York. And they saw I could stretch the floor and, you know, I can run, I can defend. And, uh, you know, like you said, D'Antoni just kind of fell in love with me. I was like his guy. Playing in the garden, it always rock. It's rocking now way more. 
back then? Did you feel the rockiness of it? Like, was it still heavy? Oh, it was, it was, it was heavy. Uh, you know, especially, especially when you played the good teams, you know, when Kobe came into town or Miami came into town, you know, the garden was rocking. Uh, I still remember that, you know, they still show the clips when Mel, we were playing the Bulls, mm-hmm. when the Bulls were, the, when, you know, Derrick Rose was there and Melo came down and hit all his threes, man. I still remember that game and it's, man, the crowd was insane. They're so thirsty for a title. Like you, listen, you're still following the NBA. They won the one uh, playoff game last year against the Hawks and they celebrated like down Times yeah. Square there. <laughs> hey, after your first year, you go to Miami and I'm going to ask, I don't know if you know this. I didn't play in the NBA, so I don't know how this works. When you walk into the locker room, second-year player, not a first top three draft pick, and you see LeBron, D. Wade, Juwan Howard, Bosh, Ray Allen, do you introduce yourself? Like, how does that interaction happen walking into the locker room the first time? You know, it, goes, it goes with Melo, too, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, like, you know, remember when LeBron has press conference, like, I'm taking my towel to South mm-hmm. Beach? <laughs> when I signed for Miami, I actually tweeted that. I actually tweeted that. So like the first time I met LeBron, he already knew I tweeted that. Okay. So he like he like made fun of me for it or whatever. But uh, actually, my locker was right next to LeBron's. And so you know, like just yeah, like you said, it was it's it was kind of it was kind of awkward. Not for I mean for me to mm-hmm. introduce myself. You know, it's like man, these dudes are like legends. Like you know, like hey, like nice to meet you. I'm Josh. Call me George. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's all LeBron called me. For, Jorts. What's up, Jorts? That's great, man. <laughs> hey, any significance to the number 55? Uh, man, just when I was in high school, I wore my freshman year, I wore 54. Mm-hmm. And then so my sophomore year, I got moved to varsity. And the senior wore 54. So 55 was the only number. And, and that's why I wore 55. And I just always worn it since. You know, I was like, in my head, it's, you know, it's the biggest number. So let me be the biggest guy on the court. But now, that's- you know, you can wear it. Now you can wear whatever. So. Uh, after... Miami, you go to Houston, then Puerto Rico, China, Japan. Was there a reason you went Puerto Rico, China, Japan, Europe? Like, was there any or whoever wanted you? Uh, yeah, it was just kind of, it was just kind of like my age was like, hey, this team's interesting. I'm like, all right, let's go. You know, like I'm 20, 23, 24. I'm like, let's go play basketball. You know, like wherever. And then, man, Puerto Rico was great. It was like vacation, a vacation season. Uh, it was awesome. China was good. Uh. Uh, you know, then Detroit was good. And then, and then Japan's been the best, you know, it's just been, it's been such a great time over here. Biggest difference with the fans in, let's say Lexington in New York, where I'm more familiar with, and then the fans in Japan in Asia, what's the biggest difference to fans? Uh, man, you can have a terrible game. They're still going to be like, we love you. You know, <laughs> like anywhere else you have a terrible game, like get rid of this guy. Like, what is this he doing? You know, uh, man, it's, you know, over, over here, it's like, no matter what you do, they love you over here, and it's like they, you know, and it, and and for me over here, like I'm I'm mellow, you know, like I'm mellow over here, like everybody's, you know, my jerseys, my keychains, you know, my signs, go Josh, you know, so it's like I'm that guy over here with so much, you know, it's just so much different. You're in Japan, first time you see someone wearing your jersey or shirt, did you go up to them? Oh yeah, anybody, anytime anybody has my stuff, I'm always like pointing them in the crowd, like oh, I see you, I see you, you know, like yeah, gotta show them the love. How, when does the season run? How many games are you guys playing, and what's the season like? Uh, season starts first week of October, and we play 60 games. So we our last game is usually the first week of May. So we 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 play every Saturday and Sunday. Not every Saturday and Sunday, but our games are always Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So like for instance, this week I have a game tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but uh. 
we have a lot of bye weeks. That's why our season is nine months, you know. So, like, after this five-game stretch, we have three weeks off, no games. So that's why our season is kind of extended. If they cut these bye weeks out, our season would only be, you know, 60 games. You can get that done in seven months, you know, instead of nine. So they extended a little longer. That's three weeks. That's a long time just to practice and stuff, isn't it? It is. So we get like two days off, two days practice, one day off, two days practice, one day off. So it's not constant practice. And and I'm sure for the first week, it'll probably be like individual workouts because there's no point of, you know, having all out practice for three weeks. So I'm sure it'd be pretty light. But, uh, you know, like, you know, it's just kind of if it was my if it was my choice, I'd be, hey, no, let's just keep playing. And (laughs) let's just let's just go home in March. You know, (laughs) now what do you sign a one year contract every year or you on a long term deal? Uh, this year was one. I just came off a two-year deal. Uh, you know, after this year, I'm gonna try to sign another two-year deal just to, you know, lock in those, lock in that money. So, hey, COVID precautions, full fans, stadiums packed, and everything. Uh, now we have 50% capacity. Uh, okay. But they they pretty much lifted all restrictions in Japan, kind of the same in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're still a little precautious about like big gatherings. So we have 50%. And team-wise, your team good? Yeah, we're uh, tied for first in the in the East. And have you won a title there yet or no? I have not. So this is the year. Yeah, went to playoffs last year. Two years ago, we had a really good team to win the championship, but uh, COVID actually hit, so the season got canceled that year. But So back-to-back playoff years, so hopefully this year can be that chance. And one more question about playing there. In May, the season's over. May to October, do you come back to the States or you stay out there? Uh, I come back to the States. Uh, I come back, and then we have actually have to report here uh, usually like the second week of August. So we're here for like six weeks of training camp. That's a long spring. Oh, I'm going to use baseball terms, spring training. That's a long long training, isn't it? it yeah, it is. Uh, you know, they get us here pretty early. I mean, two years ago, I got here actually like August 4th. And the first game was until October 4th. So I was here for two months for uh, preseason, which is, you know, it, it's kind of rigorous. But it, it's not like it's not as bad as like other places. Like, you know, like we do two days for like one week and then the rest is like two days on one day off. You know, they just. They just want you here really to get familiar with your teammates and build that chemistry. Your season started last month. Kentucky starts in a couple of days in the garden against Duke. It's hard to follow. You still follow it a little bit though? I do as much as I can, you know, like uh, their games are such weird times. Like, you know, they, their game is over by the time I usually wake <laughs> up in the morning. So, uh, you know, I try to keep as much as I can. I definitely watch all the highlights and all the games and uh, uh, do as much as I can to support them. As a fan, and I'm not saying missing, they make the tournament every year. We're winning 25 games. Listen, as we're obnoxious Big Blue Nation. You know that. It's oh, yes. You didn't win a championship. What's missing from the team? Is it senior leadership? What do you think? What would be one thing you would like to fix with the team if possible? See, like the game of basketball is just so much different now than when I was in Kentucky. You know, it's like I feel like it's not as team-oriented as it was when I was there. You know, like when I was there, everybody was involved, every possession. Uh, you know, now it's more – more I guess it's like one-on-one but I think this year I think this year they're going to be really team oriented from what I've seen and like watching blue and white scrimmage and you know all these like little things I've been seeing like I feel like they have those keys like they have that they have the senior leadership now they have the grad transfers you know they have like they have that that leadership that can you know and 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 then everybody has to buy into you know everybody has to buy into coach Cal because you know he's he's the captain of the ship you know, so you have to buy into what he's teaching and what he's praising. And everybody has their own specific role to play. And everybody has to understand that to be a really good team. Ready to finish up with some quick hit questions? Let's go. You and I are at a bar in Japan. Uh, and was it Piss Alley, right? You and I are hanging out in those little bars. 
Who's the coolest dude in your phone that you can text and they would text you right back? You want to impress me? Well, I just, I just met like one of the most famous sumo wrestlers tonight, so we can uh, we can we can text him. That's that's actually a badass name. Okay, he's uh, he's he was the first uh, he was the first foreign grand champion to ever be in Japan. So he's he's happy. His name? Where'd you meet him? I, actually, he's my. So I have a rookie teammate this year. It's like his family's friend. He calls him his uncle. So I met him tonight at a barbecue, and he's a, he's a big dude. He said he, he said he said his, he used to wrestle at six fifty. Yeah. What? Yeah. Do you watch some more wrestling out there? Because when I was out there, I went to an event. It was pretty wild. It was awesome. Yeah, I went to one, and like you said, it was pretty wild. It was a, it was crazy event. It, yeah, it was intense. How about last show you binged watched? Uh, suits. Is it good? It's good, but it kind of it's nine seasons, so it kind of the last few seasons kind of just drags on because it's pretty much the same thing over and over. But uh, it, the first five seasons was really good. I, you're gonna laugh at me. I just watched Entourage for the first time, and that's what happened to me. Uh, the first five seasons were incredible, and then the last three was like, all right, it's the same yeah, jokes. It's getting exactly. okay. Exactly. Yeah. How about coolest piece of memorabilia you own? Oh, that's tough. Uh, from college. We'll go, you know, uh, probably, probably my NCAA All-Tournament team uh, or SEC All-Tournament team or SEC Championship. You know, I got a few of those. Uh, NBA, I got a custom pair of uh, Championship Edition beats that LeBron gave us when I played for the Heat. Uh, Ray Allen gave me a, a custom engraved uh, blue label Johnny Walker that's still unopened, so it's been aged for 10 more years. Um, you know, so I got a few, you know, a few of those things that have like those. And then from Japan, uh, I got a few Tiffany, Tiffany engraved, uh, basketballs over here from my first year. I led the league in blocks. And then, uh, two years ago, I led the league in rebounds. So I got a couple of Tiffany engraved things over here. While in the NBA, ever ask another player for an autograph? Oh yeah. I asked LeBron for an autograph. Well, that's after I left when I played with the Pistons. When we play, we Pistons played the Heat, and uh, I said, LeBron, let me get your game shoes. So he gave it to me. So I got those. Oh, that okay. I I love having that because some players are like, no, I should have asked, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to break the mold. That's awesome that you asked. And where are they displayed? Oh, for at? sure. Are they just in yeah. a box somewhere? Yeah, they're just in a box. They're just they're chilling in a box right now. So. <laughs> Josh, best basketball movie of all time. I'm gonna have to go with Blue Chips. Great movie, Neon. Yeah. That's a great movie, isn't it? Yeah, great movie. Just take me to uh, senior day when my old Kentucky home is playing. How didn't you cry? I, I just watched it this morning. I, I zoomed yeah. in on it right before the right before we podcasted. How didn't you cry during that? I get emotional during that. I'm not even from I was Kentucky. Cr- I was crying on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> you could. I can't. You know. I can't show that I'm the tough guy. You know. Like I can't show that on court. <laughs> and uh, food, food you miss, whether it's from home, Kentucky, New York, because Japan has off the hook food. You can eat like a king all the time. What food do you miss the most? Like you want to come home and eat what? Uh, man, when I come home, I want to eat, like, some good, like, fried chicken. Like, Japan has, um, like you said, amazing food, but, like, you can't just get, like, fried chicken breast. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's going to be the whole thing. There's going to be some fat in there. There's going to be some thighs, some breasts. It's like, so it's not the same as just, like, eating a boneless breast, you know? So it's like, <laughs> when I come home, like, I want, like, a like Popeyes or something, you know? like <laughs> You want, like, the dirty, greasy, yeah, ass food, of course. chicken, man. Josh, give everyone the plug where they can follow your team this year, follow you on Twitter, find pictures of you and your beautiful family and everything. Give all that jazz. Oh, yeah. So you can follow us at B-League, uh, B-League.jp. Um, my team is Hitachi Sunrockers. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BigGeorge55. Uh, you know, you can follow my wife on Instagram, Laura Harrelson. You know, you can follow her. She posts all the pictures all the time too, especially when she's over here. Uh, you know, it's like a it's like a vlog. So, uh, you know, you can follow us all there and keep up with us and show us some love. Josh, this was a pleasure, bro. Good luck this season. I travel all the time. I'm gonna be in Japan in 2022 or 2023. No joke. We'll meet up for a drink or something, bro. Oh, yeah, we'll, for uh, sure. Yeah. And we'll do it, man. Listen, thank you yeah, so much. Good sure. luck this season. We'll keep in touch, hey. right, brother? All right. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Josh, thanks, man. All right. See it.